With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Dan here. Uh, before we get into the episode, I just want to say that you are about to hear a new theme song for Weird Islanders, the podcast. I was contacted by a musician, an Islanders fan and listener named Bjorn Falk out of Sweden. He said, I've got a song that would make a great theme song for the show. And he was right. And it's awesome. And I can't thank him enough for doing that for us. Uh, The song is called Knuckles. And you can find that and more of Bjorn's work on Spotify and at Bandcamp. And I'm going to put the links in the podcast description so you can find more of that and listen to that and support Bjorn's work. Thank you so much again, Bjorn. This is fantastic. And now on with the show. Hey, everybody. It's Weird Islanders, the podcast. We are back again. Mike, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm excited for a uh, for another episode here. I know we have a real humdinger yeah. of a guest and a real humdinger of a, of a Weird Islander. So This is uh, going way back in the uh, in the time machine for you. This is... Uh, yep. Yeah, man. I would say that this is... Um, you know, we'll talk more about it, but this is probably the first... Um, tr- dubious transaction and reaction that I've, that I lived through and, and I can remember a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, this was, this was a big one. And, uh, and my guest will, uh, have some recollections as will I, cause, uh, oh, we remember it pretty well. Uh, but let's bring him on. He is an actor, writer, director, producer. Perhaps you've seen him on the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Perhaps you've seen him on succession. He is one half of the extremely funny podcast, Ted and Michael read sketches into microphones, and he is an Islanders fan and season ticket holder, and his name is Michael Paul Smith. Michael, how are you? Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Wow. This is it's really nice to be here. <laughs> well, it's nice to have you here. Mike, Mike, uh, Mr. Leboff, congratulations on your new edition. Thank you. I really appreciate it. The uh, It's a completely complete whirlwind so far mm-hmm. and um i uh i watched an islander game I, the, the game against the canucks at 10 30 start in a, in a way i've never watched an islander game before which was <laughs> fell fell asleep by 9 p.m woke up uh to a screaming baby at midnight and the islanders <laughs> had scored five goals in the first period and i was <laughs> didn't you just don't know if you were a dream if i was dreaming or not so yeah, this is real? the third period yeah <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm a real life listener. I'm a little starstruck uh, being here. Uh, it's a real honor. And uh, this is my first time meeting Mike. And my relationship with Dan had just consisted of like random 
uh, Twitter DMs over <laughs> over months and years. And uh, so <laughs> not only was I honored to be invited here, but I was also relieved because the last exchange that I had with Dan was me DMing him and saying, uh, yeah, if you ever want to meet up like in a game, let me know, to which I received crickets as a and so don't listen he's a big dog he big ducks and so as a listener i thought oh he thinks i'm a creep i'm like a creepy weird listener and i'm level jumping and it's all over so (laughs) being invited was a huge relief first of all i feel like jeff merrick now you guys are all you you guys all ganged (laughs) up on me number one number two that is it's not you you were not level jumping i promise you that is just me i i i'm very bad email responder in fact just now i'm thinking about uh, another person I need to email back. That I, <laughs> forgot. I get so caught up at work and, and with other stuff and, and frankly, not doing anything right after work that I completely forgot. I apologize, but it is not you. I promise. Not at all. It's, it's not even you. It's, it's just me being an anxious person and thinking, oh, this is <laughs> just thinking of the worst possible reason. <laughs> my uh, my relationship me. with one of my, my favorite cousins involves me emailing him once a year on his birthday and him not responding. So I don't even know if I'm sending emails to the right address. I don't even know if I'm tell- who I'm telling happy birthday to uh, every August, but I'm hoping it's him. Sometimes he, he has written me back, I think once or twice, but, um, <laughs> but it, it's funny that you, you mentioned this because um, your work actually has been featured at Lighthouse Hockey. And if, if anybody out there is a, a long time uh, reader, you may remember a video from a number of years ago uh, about uh, with a guy on his couch kind of interacting with his girlfriend uh, as a professional athlete would in a post-game press conference. Hey, do you want to order Chinese? Well, uh, Chinese is always good to have around, no question about it. But uh, yeah, I've ordered a lot of Kung Pao recently and, uh, you know, uh, hopefully it'll serve me well this week. Kung Pao? I thought you hated Kung Pao. No, Kung Pao's, Kung Pao's a strong a strong option. Um, I think that's a good, it's a good choice. I think that I've been uh, been going with that a lot lately. I found a lot of success. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's sort of a rivalry. We both enjoy the uh, the the energy. It's uh, you know, it is still just a regular meal, it's just a regular season meal. But uh, you know, we enjoyed the the hype and uh, the the energy involved. And um, but the at the end of the day, we both have a job to do. You know, uh, it's there it's there to be delicious. And that was you and your wife Jillian, who that was is me. also a podcaster, uh, as as the creator of the Hamilcast. So, I mean, how did how did that sketch come about? Um, so, yeah, Jillian and I met doing a web series, and so we just kept doing stuff together. So, like, we had like a a professional alliance from the the very early <laughs> days, and uh, we got married. And instead of like buying furniture, we made a web series about <laughs> our experiences auditioning for commercials. Um, <laughs> so this was before that. This is when we were still dating, but we just it was just a, a character that I thought I was like, what if this? What if you were a professional athlete and you talked like in these press conference generalities all the time. <laughs> and uh, it's, yeah, it's still a character I do. I do it on the the, the sketch comedy podcast. And uh, she, I, I'm of course still acting, but she just pivoted to being, she's like one of the most successful podcasters in the country. <laughs> she's it's crazy. Just, yeah, yeah. She's because she has the Hamilcast and she has this true crime podcast called true crime obsessed. That's just huge. It's yeah, it is huge. But <laughs> you get, we, the three of us are here now. Talking about the island. Yes, please. <laughs> and look, an if, there's any, if there's anybody who knows a thing or two about having one of the most successful podcasts in the country, it's true. Dan and me. That's true. It's not always this country. It's usually like <laughs> Slovakia <laughs> yeah, or country. Hungary or Japan, yeah. but it is sometimes a country. So uh, we can we can go through those one day. But uh, but we're here to talk about the Islanders. In fact, one specific Islander. And I'm glad you chose him because he was going to come up eventually. And I'm glad that you picked him right off the bat because I think if there was sort of like an anti-dynasty of Islanders villains, this guy would be number one on the list. Like if they made a Mount Rushmore of Islanders villains, he would be George Washington. This is the weirdest weird Islander to me. Yeah. Oh, he's definitely uh, definitely (laughs) on the list. So, uh, Michael Paul Smith, will you please reveal today's weird Islander? Today's weird Islander is Kirk Muller. Ooh. We hate Mueller. That was that was the original. Yeah, we don't yeah. need you. It was we hate Mueller, which you right. know. I guess I guess we yeah. It's a little bit less weak than we don't need you, but they're both pretty weak. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, you know, if if anybody after hearing that name want to take a moment to spit, do that now. Please be outside. Don't be inside. That's gross. But like, if you're outside and you want to spit, that's fine. But no, Kirk Mueller uh, is 
just a, an original Islanders villain. And by Islanders villain, I don't mean a guy that just Islanders fans hate. I mean a guy who played for the Islanders that Islanders fans hate. And I don't know how many other fan bases have a subsection of former players on their own team that they hate so much <laughs> that they will boo them and jeer them for decades afterwards. And, and Kirk Muller was jeered as a coach of the Hurricanes because we hated him so much 20 years earlier as a player. And they're both Hall of Famers, right? Like Muller, yeah. he's, he's on the cusp, but Tavares would probably be one too. Yeah. And it's, Ron Hextall uh, is definitely another one. Yeah, yeah. it's just uh, – <laughs> oh, man, yeah, the team, the right. team that you can make with these guys is I know. Is and fantastic. I mean – I guess Brian Rolston might be another one. Well, we'll have to talk about that third spot. It's up for you. Yeah. But uh, so what made you pick Kirk Muller? Is it just that that, that burning hatred is still going? It, it or was is there the, another I reason mean, I, I was in my Islanders fandom infancy. I was in like maybe fourth grade or something like that. And uh, this was the story that to me, it was like the first real life bad guy wrestler. It really was. First of all, I think I called him Kurt Muller, but that's just because I'm nervous. It's I, I knew I knew the guy's name, uh, <laughs> um, but I was like a little grammar school student when this was happening, and I had kind of just been introduced to them, and I remember being hurt and annoyed, and I, I like I said, remember th- thinking of him as a bad guy wrestler, and it was really after like the duo of fish sticks titled Islanders books came out. When I, when I not only relived it, but relived it with much more information and detail as, um, cause at the, right. when I was so young, I was not opening the, the back page of Newsday before school every morning. Um, I was reading, you mm. know, C-Spot Run, but yeah, I do not like this man. It's a great story. It's very emblematic of the yeah. Islanders of that era and indicative of what was to come. Yeah. Cause, cause this really was just the sure. beginning of the, the bad years. Yeah, mm. and and it definitely informs Islanders fan sort of reactions and and feelings today for sure. Now, Mike, you were saying that you remember this very early on. Is that like kind of? I mean, you you're probably even earlier than fourth grade, maybe, right? Oh yeah, yeah, I was six, I guess. But I remember because my older brother Dave, his favorite Islander ever was Pierre Turgeon, and then it turned into Ziggy Palfy, and I just remember <laughs> that. Um, when when i was we were going we would go to games i can i can distinctly remember like him t- talking or my dad or whoever talking about kirk muller and um and the just the, the the fish sticks being on the team at that time too and just like it, it was such a weird experience it was almost like going to the circus and the, the circus was at the coliseum all the time back then so it was either yeah. you showed up at the coliseum and there was one of two circuses going on and and um he, yeah, and I just remember him being like, "We don't like this guy," and uh, then obviously from that point on, that was really Mike. That was like the launching pad for mm. for absolute madness from from Millberry and the ownership, and um, yeah, like the, the strings just kind of unraveled. And there's mm. there's so much um, there, there's so much t- uh, ballyhoo about Tavares and how the Islander fans have treated him, and you know, there's even t- t- to this day when they show up to UBS Arena. Uh, you know, certain hockey writers get on some soapbox and talk about whether the Islanders are, are Islander fans are w- within their rights to act like fans and boo the guys that they don't like um, when Tavares comes. But these people don't realize, like, y- you think Kirk Muller is now they're almost 30 years removed from the Islanders. And if he came, if he next time he comes to any arena, if he gets, you know, a shown on the ca- on, a, on a Jumbotron or whatever, there's going to be a subsection of fans who yeah. need to be held back. Yeah. I, I don't know how many other fans boo a team's assistant coach <laughs> just because they don't like him from when he was a player 30 years earlier. Uh, but that's that's us, and that's Islanders fans. And so I, uh, so I guess that means I'm, I'm the old man of the group, which is ironic because I guarantee my basement has way more G.I. Joe figures in it than either of your two basements. But that's another uh, podcast, I guess, for a different time. But uh, I remember the, the whole Mueller thing pretty clearly. Because this was like, again, that era, the fisherman era. And I remember the trade. And I mean, I, I promise you that Pierre Turgeon was not just your older, older brother's uh, favorite player. Like he was pretty much everybody's favorite player. He was fantastic. And his run with the Islanders is a lot shorter than it may have felt because he was so integral right from the moment he was traded. I mean, and he was traded for another icon in La Fontaine. But that trade was a big one. And I remember people being like a little bit maybe excited for it because they knew Muller as a player. Like he had played for the devils and the Canadians. He had won a Stanley cup with the Canadians, but 
I did not realize this is Michael and I and I were talking about this before we came on. I didn't realize he played over 500 games for the Devils. Like he played a hell mm-hmm. of a long time for the Devils. Yeah. I didn't realize that. I thought he was traded relatively early in his career, but holy smokes, he played 556 games for games for the Devils and he had three straight 30 goal seasons and then 125 126. So he was a pretty darn good player and he always had like a lot of penalty minutes and stuff and was like a leader. Um he gets traded to the Canadians in 1992 for Kirk uh excuse me, Claude Lemieux. So Talk about a trade that worked out pretty well for both teams. Uh, Muller and the Canadians won a cup the year after. Devils won a cup two years after that. And Guy Carboneau signs with the Dallas Stars, and they named Kirk Muller captain. And GM Search of Arts says, well, I mean, we're not going to – Muller's like, I, I don't want you to trade me. And GM Search of Arts is like, no, of course I'm not going to trade you. But on Long Island, Don Maloney, an offer. <laughs> he is looking <laughs> – made him an offer, right. But But – and so – you know, I'll I'll throw it back to you, Michael. Like at the time, this Islanders team was, you know, they they were not good that season. This was 1995, coming out of the lockout. They were not good. Uh, what do you remember about that? And like, do you remember any kind of like lead up before that trade that kind of like then imploded your world? <laughs> uh, I remember it them not being good, but also like there was a lot of excitement. There was, a, there was anticipation. Yeah. I mean, aside from the annoyance of the lockout, there were like, there were, we had some, <laughs> we had some assets. We had some things to look forward to. Um, yeah. so yeah, it was, Turjan was definitely my first favorite Islander. So that was a weird thing. And I did not know who Kirk Muller was. Um, but <laughs> even, you know, once, once that realization settled in, it was, I just remember being excited. Yeah, yeah, and he was he was brought in for very specific reason. I'll be I'll be at a very nebulous one. So Turjan and Vladimir Malikov were traded uh, just after the coming out of the 1995 lockout. They were traded to Montreal for Matthew Schneider, defenseman, prospect Craig Darby, and Muller. And the reason was because Maloney apparently felt that the Islanders were too too much of a finesse team, and that. Turgeon, for all of his many skills, did not bring the leadership ability that he wanted. And so basically he traded for Kirk Muller because this dude was the captain of the goddamn Montreal Canadiens. Like, that's a big deal. It's still a big deal to this day, even as the Habs <laughs> are firing coaches left and right. And we don't really know who's in charge up there anymore. But uh, it's a big deal. And uh, that was the thing. And so they wanted him to get tougher, more leadership. And it was when Turgeon was thrown into the deal that Savard who had previously told Mueller that he wouldn't trade him, suddenly started thinking, wait a minute, I can get Pierre Turgeon right now? And that was the end of that. So <laughs> they make the deal, and the, the story goes, and I've been told this story by a number of people, Matthew Schneider arrives at Nassau Coliseum, and Don Maloney, or maybe it was uh, uh, Lauren Henning, who was the coach at the time, says to him, where's Mueller? And Schneider's answer was, he ain't coming. (laughs) And that was the end. That was, well, I should say the end. That was the beginning of the end, basically. Mm -hmm. He ain't coming. And that was it. And that started this whole saga that stretched on into the next season. And just like, like we said, just kind of set up this whole idea of like, guys getting traded to the Islanders and then just not brought him here for leadership. (laughs) And one of my favorite Maloney quotes at this time is the players we've acquired will set a standard. Yeah, no <laughs> words that would definitely come back <laughs> to bite him. Yeah, <laughs> it's too funny. It's yeah. and, and and I know he's revered still in Montreal because I went yeah. to Islanders Canadians two seasons ago, right before uh, the pandemic. I guess right it was December of 2019, um, and the Islanders lost that game, but it was they they had one of their patented Montreal Canadians um, ceremonies where they just honor. <laughs> whoever they can find that day. And uh, it was, it was actually great, but they had like all the captains. That was what they were doing. It was a captain's night uh-huh. at Santra Bell. And um, so I went with two of my friends from work, one of whom is a season ticket holder uh, with the Canadians, his family, he's from Montreal. And um, his, so we had two pairs of tickets and I sat with his brother who I never met before, or his brother-in-law never met before. And it was, he was gracious enough to give up one of his season tickets for, for our group. And so I'm sitting next to him and they're doing this. And, and I realized, okay, we're, we're chronologically, we're getting close to Muller. <laughs> and um, I'm in this section with all these people cheering for, you know, Keen and Sakakoivu and whoever else and Guy Carboneau. And, and it's like, people are like in tears when they see these guys walk down the, the aisle. And I turned to him and I said, when they're about to get to Muller, I'm like, I'm going to need to boo. 
I hope like, and, and this is like literally within seven minutes of me meeting this guy. And he said, no, no, totally. And I did. And the, the section around me, those people were like, no, it's totally, we get it. Like we totally get it. Like, and it was just, it, we had like this long conversation about him. And th- of course the conversation two minutes later turned to, um, Tavares. <laughs> like, right, yeah. They're like, they're like, yeah, what he did to you guys. That's not right. That's not right. We didn't fly around here either. Like we'd still boo him. And I was like, so it was just this great conversation, um, <laughs> amongst, uh, me and these Habs fans. That's and, really uh, as a, as a thank you, I bought, uh, that guy's name is Kenny, a Saku Koibu uh, action figure. And I sent it <laughs> to him. That's yeah. awesome. That's an awesome story. I, I've always, I want to see a game in Montreal because I always feel like there's this, very this respect yeah. between the two franchises like as as, as many there totally downs, is it's yeah. it, it it is uh and there's a lot of islander fans up there uh because of mike bossy and just the fact that the, the islanders were the kind of antidote to if you wanted to be contrarian but still root for a team that was good back then uh, so i met a lot of people who who you know with islander stuff on and be like you know are you an islander fan from long island like where are you from they're like no we're from here like we love the islanders up here and, <laughs> but yeah it's tr- it really is as total total respect thing it's um it, it you know it's, it takes one to know one kind of mm-hmm. dynasty right. thing yeah. i guess yeah, i was i was in montreal for the 2009 draft because uh, my oh, friend wow. my one wow. of my dearest friends nick costa of offside tavern fame was my roommate at the time and he ah. won tickets to go with along with a handful of other people on the islanders website <laughs> he thought it was a joke and we went and usually when they showed the same clip of him like getting his jersey, there was one row of Islanders fans and, and Nick and I are are usually right out of frame. We're usually like the very next two people that are <laughs> That's not amazing. Out. Now when That's I see that video of him winking at the camera, oh my god, my blood boils. In the same way that my like people's blood would boil with the, you know, the iconic yes. Kirk Muller intro. Yeah, we, we talk about the fish sticks thing, which so, I'm sure we'll talk about. Oh yeah, so well yeah, so let, let's do the yeah. setup and then we'll get to that because I'm definitely going to play that clip and and I, I urge everybody to go out and seek out this video. I'm going to put it on the lighthouse hockey uh, article, but yeah. So so first he doesn't want to come and he's like, you know, he, he talks about how and if you, this is all in fish sticks if you haven't read it by Peter Body and Alan Hahn. Great book. It's not in, in print anymore, but. I highly, highly recommend if you don't have it to find a copy of it because it's fantastic. And uh, he talks about how like his whole thing was, again, the whole Serge Savard, you know, I'm, I'm not going to trade you thing. All of a sudden he gets, you know, traded and like he would he would be upset about that. And that's fine. But the reality is that the Canadians at that time were still pretty good. And the Islanders at that time were most definitely not very good. And this is a guy who at the time, let's say he would have been 28 years old. He doesn't want to play for like a rebuilding club. He doesn't want to start from scratch, much like he did with the Devils back when he joined them in you know 1984. He joined them, and I mean they, they barely moved from Colorado at that point. He didn't want to do that. I mean, he didn't want to play for a rebuilding club, and so it took him a while to agree to come. And the thing that got him to come, and this is my favorite ironic twist in the story, is basically Maloney telling him, "Well, you come here, you try it out, and then uh, if you don't like it, we'll just mm-hmm. trade you someplace else." Like, yep. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. I guess sure. This seemed to be a, I, I, a strategy, yeah. I think, throughout through the snow era, which is like, let's just get them here. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they'll they won't feel like yeah. moving again so soon. Just get them in the house. Get them in the house. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Show them the yeah. schools. That's what we always say. Show them the school. Yeah. Show them the schools. It'll work. Uh, It'll work. The schools are great here. Yeah. Um, the schools did not work on Kirk Muller. I don't know if he had any kids back, back then. Who knows? But yeah, the schools did not sway him. But he eventually did come. And at the tail end of the 1995 season, he played 12 whopping games for the Islanders, three goals, five assists, eight points. That actually, you know, eight points in 12 games kind of sounds like a productive stretch of time, but trust me, it was not a a productive stretch of time. (laughs) This was prior to the, the fisherman. Most people would think if they, if they ever think of Kirk Muller as an Islander, I think of him as a fisherman, but this is the classic Jersey era, the end of that. uh, And he wore number nine. Which to me again is such a, you know, this is right after Clark Gillies, I guess, had retired eh, probably less than ten years earlier. Well, he had gotten traded less than ten years earlier, retired a couple years after that. They hadn't retired his number yet, though. So here comes this guy, and he wants to wear number nine. And I guess if he's going to be your big trade piece, your leader, you give it to him. But man, that just never sat right with me. Like I don't know, Kirk Muller knew who the hell Clark Gillies was. He knew that number meant something to these people, and I don't. That wasn't yeah, right. totally. Number yeah, nine. <laughs> um, but uh, but he did. And going into the summer, and again, the Islanders were not good that year. They weren't going to make the playoffs. They didn't. And then in the summer, uh, again, Maloney told him the same thing: like, "Hey, we'll trade you. Don't worry about it. You don't want to be here. It's fine. We'll trade." You. But he didn't find any any trade partners. And over that summer, they switched the logo. 
everything goes off the rails. The New York Post publishes that infamous picture of Dennis Potvin with the fisherman on and the Stanley Cup. It was a total disaster right from the get-go. And Mueller is there to start the season. And this is where we we get to the video that that Mike just brought up that we all have to we have to discuss. This video belongs in the Islanders Hall of Fame, the whole thing of it. It is the intro video with the fisherman. Niles is there, of uh, course, <laughs> uh, with his giant head and his light mm-hmm. on the top of the helmet. And it's like the All-Star game. Like they call out everybody one by one in these jerseys. And none of these guys looks like they want to be there wearing this jersey. But nobody has the look on his face that Kirk <laughs> Muller does. And nobody gets booed <laughs> the way Kirk Muller does in an, in an opening, a home opener in this New Jersey, you would have thought that he had, I don't know, wiped his behind with the Islanders, you know, the previous Islanders. Like, our, it was, our pretty, new it's so funny captain. hearing he just made an alternate captain. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was wearing an A and yep. he just, the boos are audible and it's awesome. And it's amazing. Yeah. The whole video is amazing. Number nine, center, Kurt Muller. Number 17, left wing, Wendell Clark. It's it, what's really, I mean, special about it is, is you, you see Mahler, you're watching him, people are booing. He does like his little stop snow right. shower at the camera. And then the next person to come out is Wendell Clark. <laughs> 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 like, it's just, you couldn't have made it up. It's just like, right. W- w- how like those two guys and sitting in that locker room in that really cramped locker room asbestos everywhere just probably yeah. like what on earth How did we get here right are we doing here well and Clark is, is our- going to get his episode for sure but <laughs> and you know I don't want to spoil too much of when we get there but the difference between the two of them is like Wendell Clark at least tried like yeah. while he was there where Kirk Muller definitely did not you could see and- it. And Wendell Clark actually kind of fit that ethos, yeah. especially like that jersey. Like it, it kind of was like he kind of looks like the fisherman. Um, <laughs> like there was just something right. about him uh, that that just really fit with that that era. But <laughs> yeah, oh god. oh god. And they were in uh, supposedly in contract negotiations throughout this this period. And Mueller was asking for four <laughs> years, really, because I think he wanted to force a trade. So he like he was like threatening <laughs> to not show up again. It was like a whole thing. That's so funny. And so this was the era when it was the the gang of four, the four local businessmen who owned, I believe, 10% of the Islanders, while John Pickett, who lived in Florida at the time, owned the other 90%. And they were like the guys who were in charge of the sort of day-to-day operation of the team. But, you know, they might have really loved the Islanders as a franchise. They were all season ticket holders and fans and stuff, but they were not really great as as owners. Uh, Maloney again could not make a trade happen. The Islanders once again were not very good. Now they were getting jeered because of their uniforms and their play as opposed to just their play. And uh, things did not go well. And in fact, Maloney eventually got fired and replaced in early December by the Islanders coach at the time, who was another <laughs> guy who's going to get spit on uh, when I mentioned mm-hmm. his name. Mike yep. Bilber. <laughs> so, spit break. We'll stop for spit break. Okay. And uh, and anyway, so Milbury, at this point, uh, I believe Muller had been, he had been sent home because they were waiting for a trade. And so Milbury yes. tried to bring him back. And Muller at this point did not want to come back. So Milbury just suspended him. And for about a month or so, again, worked the phones. Finally, he was able to trade him at the end of January in a, to the Leafs four, and I want to make sure I get all this right, for Brian Burrard. So it was a three-team trade. So the Islanders sent... Uh, Muller, and, uh, uh, Muller to the Leafs and Wayne Redden to the Senators for Brian Burrard. Right. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. So, right. So Wade Redden, went, who was an Islanders draft pick, went to the Senators. Uh, Muller went from the Islanders to the Leafs, and Brian Burrard, who had been drafted by the Senators, came to the Islanders. And, and if you look at this trade on hockey reference, where I'm at now, uh, there's all kinds of other moving parts going. Ken Baumgart, Ken Belanger also came to the Islanders. Damien Rhodes went to the senators, Don Beaupre, who I guess must've been 500 mm. years old at the time, somehow was an Islander. He, he <laughs> and we got Martin, Martin, Martin Straka as well. It was a right. And Marty Straka was, involved. so this is all down in January, 1996. It was a complicated trade. And I never say this, but, Give Mike Milbury credit <laughs> for really making, you know, lemonade out of lemons here. Like he could have probably just dumped him <laughs> off for like a, a conditional seventh round pick, but he ended up getting Berard who would win the Calder trophy the next year. And again, could have been 
the real centerpiece for a future Islanders rebuild. But of course, Mike could not help himself <laughs> and end up trading him too. It's, well, it's weird because Berard, on a personal time. note, Berard was my second favorite. Not my second favorite Islander, <laughs> but my second consecutive. It was like Terjan and then it was Brian Berard. I loved him. And he traded, <laughs> he like that season traded Matthew Schneider, who was happy to be here, but he traded him for Kenny Janssen, who right. would be my third favorite Islander. So it's like, you feel all these things at once. Wow. <laughs> Who is your current favorite Islander? This way I'll know to keep, uh, keep an eye on trade I have watch, heard uh, so many. I just like him as a player, but I've also heard like wonderful stories off the ice about Anders Lee. So he's my favorite. He's, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm wearing my Gillies. I have a Gillies so, jersey so. that I'm wearing all season, of course. But uh, if, if other than that, it's I wear my my oversized Anders Lee jersey whenever I can. <laughs> That's quality choice right there. So. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Muller's final stat line with the Islanders uh, is really a thing of beauty. 27 games played, seven goals, eight assists, 15 points. Um, again, Which, like... Honestly, that's not bad for someone who's bagging it. It's like, not, but he was oh, bagging it. Though. Yeah, I know. It's just like you think... We, th- we talked about Ralston in the first episode and, and just how easy it was to tell this guy was bagging it because in, in the era that Ralston was playing, you know, this was kind of the beginning of the uh, you know, back and forth open mm. hockey that, that's going on right now. In Muller's day, you know, the game was... It was clutch and grab, so it was a lot easier to kind of just bat, like not be known... Like to not be noticed, to be just going through the motions, I would... I would say like, sure, you might get so much slashing you like in the back of the cast, but you can just be like, dude, please stop doing that. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying. I don't, I don't like this team. I'm actively trying to get out of here. Um, whereas like, you know, if the Rolston, you can era, you can be like, well, he's eight to 10 strides behind his guy. Uh, and I can tell and that he is not doing it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, M- Muller was definitely of that, that level. And he just was, he was just dogging it out there. And it's just, I'm surprised he even scored seven goals. Like, yeah, I would like to I'm watch shocked. a video of a goal of his to see like how he celebrated. If he was like, <laughs> damn it, there I saw a goal from the the previous season, from the '95, the end of that season, and, and he just kind of like smiled and I think fist bumped the guy next to him or whatever it was. But <laughs> uh, that's about it. And I don't think he was there. You know, he knew he was not there for long. And uh, you know, it's actually funny too. Like YouTube is bereft almost of of too many Kirk Muller. That's, I think one of the other things that makes that intro video so special is that there's so little like photo evidence, video evidence, particularly of Kirk Muller playing for the Islanders that that video (laughs) stands alone as like, this guy played for this team. He wore this Jersey. He had that look on his face and these people booed him that loudly (laughs) that (laughs) you can hear it on this old video. Uh, And it's just, uh, again, it's a sight to see. And that, that, that video really truly might be, the highlight of his own thing because I guarantee none of these seven goals mattered a lick in any <laughs> yeah. of those games. <laughs> I mean, have you guys seen any like uh, f- relatively recent quotes from him about this? No, Fish Sticks was about it. And and actually, I'm glad you brought that up because like he talked at the time. I guess this was must have been after the after the trade or something like that. But he was like, he didn't understand yeah. why he was the bad guy. He's like, I showed up and I played, and these people still hate me and they made me out to be the bad guy. They told me they were going to trade me, but I still showed up. People think I walked out on that team, but I showed up. It's like, yeah, dude, you, you showed up. You were physically there, but like you were not there. Yes. There. Like you were not there to try and help this that, team win. So, I was looking at the safe. And, and even if know. that, even if that's true, he didn't return when they called him back, which is why they had to suspend him. So there's no, still no responsibility for that. <laughs> I think like a more grown up right, look yeah. back at it would be like, yeah, I was young. It wasn't a good look. I should have just expressed my desire to be traded and then, played my ass off out of respect for the other guys in the room and the assets they that they gave up for me. It, there's there's mm. still not much of that. Right. Well, and he also said that like, you know, had, had Maloney kind of had taken a firmer hand and been like, no, you're going to play for us. And that's that. Uh, he would have, it would have been different. But like you said, I mean, they suspended him and Milbury's like, you're going to play for us. <laughs> exactly. And he was like, nah, I don't think so. So, I mean, uh, I don't know where he's coming up with that from. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it is funny that, you know, he he, he kind of sees it one way. We see it the other. There's none of that sort of like, yeah, common, you know, because I'm even looking. I was looking at quotes the other day for another project about when LaFontaine had given his trade request and people still cheered him. People hung banners. I mean, after they got he got traded to Buffalo, people booed him. But like during the, his whole contract negotiation, people hung banners that were just like, pay Pat, like just pay yeah. him, pay whatever he wants. <laughs> Who cares? But, you know didn't really work out that way. So, uh, so Mueller got his wish. He got traded. Uh, he, you know, w- went on to basically be 
uh, the bad guy, uh, and he knows it, and he got traded to the Leafs. I thought he was with the Leafs a lot longer than he was, but it's only, only 100 games or so. But again, he had 29 goals and 62 assists uh, and 62 points. Like That's pretty good for 102 games. Then he signed with the Panthers, and then he finished his career after signing with the Stars. And so he went on, like, I, I think one of the things that kind of makes this such a weird time in Islanders history is, like, it happened – it was a very short period of time. And then he went on to play for another, like, let's see, how many years? He played almost for an, another, like, eight or nine years. Yeah. People just forgot about it because he was still and not there. For, and not for, like, I mean, yeah, the, the the stars were all right back then. He played with, the, I remember, the, the, like, that team, like, had a bunch of old guys. I, I was yeah. reading his Wikipedia, he, the grumpy old men he, line. He played for the stars the year after they won the cup. So he, right. went, he went back to the final that year, but they lost to the, the Devils. But it and and but like these aren't hockey hotbeds like you'd think like and and like you said like they were coming off a good season but it is pretty funny that this it was that just was the, the deal breaker like there was <laughs> there was no more of this yeah there was no more of this bad behavior from Kirk anymore just it was the Islanders the Islanders yeah. uh, right yeah. actually now that I think about it now that I look at his his page here he signed with the Panthers the year after they went to the finals too so like. He was basically just chasing clout is what he was. I mean, before Jeez. clout was a thing, like he was just like, oh, who was in the finals last year? Oh, it was Florida. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm going to sign with them. Oh, who was in the finals last year? Oh, <laughs> yeah. it's Dallas. Or I'm going to sign with them. So you might yeah, say he was, was going just, where the puck was, didn't want to play. going where the puck was going to be. <laughs> you know, there you go. <laughs> uh, it, so, and one, one other thing just to, to note about him is like, he's, he's definitely one of a long line of reluctant players like right. you were mentioning uh, earlier, Mike, but um, if, eventually if you show up and you do play and, and like put forth an honest effort, you could become a fan favorite. Like it's, we're not going to, we, we totally understood <laughs> and understand why people would have reservations to come here at certain times. And and those times were the mid nineties. Sure. Uh, and then the early part of uh, last decade with Nabokov and then uh, Viznovsky who both, but, but the, and Nabokov especially cause he was, signed by the Red Wings who were signing him to, as, to go on a playoff run. They're like, we need this guy. We need backup. And then the Islanders picked him up because he had to go through waivers and the Islanders were terrible. Like if I was getting a backup, I'd be like, absolutely not too. But then, you know, what happens? He comes, falls in love with the place, meets Dan Fischler and, and, and it's like a match made in heaven. And then, you know, just a couple months later, the, the Viznovsky things happens. And what happened? Like you won't find a single Islander fan that, that doesn't like either one of those guys. And mm that's the that's the funny thing that like islander fans never get credit for is like yeah like we we will treat our villains the way that they should be treated but you can if you do become if like we'll we'll give you a pass like original like we understand we get the context of these kind of decisions <laughs> uh you just then need to kind of make right by us at some point and, yeah, and then we can will survive forever mike milbury in any capacity that he had with the organization <laughs> like you should never pay for a drink again <laughs> Right. Yeah, exactly. It, it, just tell us <laughs> yeah. a couple of stories. Right. Yeah. 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 Cause I don't think, cause Wendell, I don't, I don't think I know. I don't, Wendell Clark does not get that kind of grief at all. And he basically, again, he didn't want to be traded for the Islanders. I mean, he, he was traded for, well, th- yeah, he, he got traded for, well, he, they traded Ron Hextall to Quebec. No, no, I'm, I'm making this up. <laughs> I've got, I got that whole era is all fuzzy in my head. But, but in any event, like, Wendell Clark doesn't get any kind of like grief or anything. I mean, most people, again, don't remember he really played for the Islanders, but like if he came back and he was at UBS arena and he wasn't wearing like a Leafs Jersey or something, I think he would probably get a polite round of applause. And I think you'd probably see a lot of dads going, yeah, he was all right. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah, I got nothing against season, him. Yeah, all right. yeah exactly. Well, look, I mean, he's a hockey player. Look at yeah. him. Like just, a, just a throwback kind he had of guy. He a great mustache. Yeah. Yeah. Like, great. <laughs> I mean, they, they, even like someone like Dean McAmmon too, like when the Islanders traded, <laughs> Chris Campoli to the senators for their playoff run to, I guess, to make the books work, the senators were like, Oh, we'll just throw in Dean McAmmon to let the Islanders tank with him. Like that must've sucked for that guy, but he played and he played hard. Right. So it's not like, you yeah. know, and he's also like, you know, he's Dean McAmmon. So he was, he was very forget, forgettable anyways, <laughs> but like, it's like you, you, those kind of guys come and go. And, and as long as you aren't, you know, basically rip, making fun of our plight, as Islander fans to our face and, and making a mockery of it, we'll be like, all right, like, no, we will, we'll, we'll support mm-hmm. you and we'll show you the schools. So I, I did, <laughs> I, I asked Nick Costa, my friend about uh, 
Kirk Muller before this like a day or two ago, just, just out of curiosity. I was like, do you have any Muller stories for me before I go on Weird Islanders? And he told me that there was something called the Islanders Skills Competition. Didn't know that was a thing. I have no recollection of it, but apparently they just no. had like, it sounds more, it sounds kind of like an open practice. It's just like just the team. And you're like, <laughs> I guess they charged for you to go to the Coliseum and like watch them do drills and stuff. But 12 year old Nick Costa went to that with and made a sign and it said, <laughs> and I wrote it down. It said, if you don't want us, we don't want you go home Muller, which, which if he saw, I mean, he probably would have been like, that yeah, is- I'd like to, that's what I'm trying to effectuate. Yeah, wow. I've been trying to. That's what I'm trying to. I know. Yeah. I don't want you guys. Get me out of here. I thought that was pretty uh, brilliant. Yeah. It's. I mean, and that's that's like another thing with Islander fans too that that I've really appreciated through the Tavares thing too is you you when you went to that game on February 28th, it wasn't just you know loser adults like myself who were <laughs> screaming and and thinking about throwing things at him. It was like these kids with 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 signs yeah. that were like, you broke my heart, you're a coward and all mm. st- sorts of stuff. And and that makes sense if if, if Nick was, was yeah. doing the same thing to Kirk Muller. <laughs> yeah. And and well Nick, and, and that that brings us back to you know what you started saying before. Like this is really the first instance of a guy getting traded to the Islanders and just being like, nah, I'm not interested. And this would continue particularly through that 90s era, because again, they stunk. So why would anybody? And I mean, it wasn't just they stunk on the ice, like their ownership was terrible. The arena was falling apart. They couldn't, you know, they didn't have two dollars to rub together. And so everything kind of coalesced and, into this awful stew of like, why would anybody want? And, you know, part of me now thinks, yeah, why would anybody have wanted to play for this team back then? How did they have any players? But they found guys that wanted to be here and and felt comfortable here. And again, those guys are very much beloved, like Claude Lapointe. You know, I mean, he's a guy who would probably get a standing ovation at, at UBS Arena today from people from around that time. It's just, that's just one name, you know. But, uh, uh, you know, Mueller led to guys like you talked about Nabokov, who came here, didn't want to come, came, loved it. Visnovsky didn't want to come. Visnovsky had the, the issue with his son. Uh, there was also a lockout. He had the contract dispute because he had a no trade clause and he got traded anyway. Whole thing came here, became a beloved Islander, and in a lot of ways, the Islanders still do miss uh, Lubomir Vesnovsky. Certainly, I do. I have his. I have the T-shirt <laughs> with his name and number on the back to prove it. But you know, then there's like Thomas Vanek. Like Vanek is really probably the the closest comparable to Muller. But again, he he got traded. He was a UFA and. He played really well for the Islanders. Like, you know, we talked that connection between him, Tavares, and Oposo. They were dynamite for about two or three months, but they had no goaltending and they had to trade him. And they basically traded him for Sebastian Colbert. <laughs> Nothing really worked out. But, like, you know, the only thing that he said that was sort of like a little bit like frustrating wise afterwards, he said he didn't want to play in Brooklyn, which was not a good look. But I remember, and Mike and I have talked about this extensively on uh, Islanders' anxiety is that that overtime goal against the blues that they took off the board because his supposedly goalie, he uh, interfered with Yaro Halak, who was the uh, blues goalie at the time. He did not interfere with anybody. They took the goal off. It was a dumb thing. And basically he was like, well, I guess that's how things work around here. And it was just sort of like, here we go again. Like that was the most Kirk Muller moment I could possibly think of was that just like, he gets it. He's never going to win here. It's never going to be good. They're never going to get the benefit of the doubt. And he wanted to sign someplace else. Of course, the, the irony is that he signed with, Minnesota and played for a hundred yeah. teams after that. And, so, kind of, and then you know, Dan, I know you mentioned this, but they retired <laughs> Gillies number nine on uh, December seventh, nineteen ninety six. So, like, not long after he yeah. left, which is not unlike retiring Butchie's ninety one. Not long. <laughs> yeah. after. I don't know. Yeah. Is it passive aggression or is right. it more just like like we should just get this done before, while we can before somebody else shows up trying to wear this number? It's kind of weird. Yeah, I think it's a lesson in procrastination. Yeah. Like, just do it. Just do it already. Like, don't I, wait. Just do I really it. wish that neither or that Butchie wasn't like as good as as he was, just because like it would be hilarious if the Islanders right. re- retired a ninety. Like, they're like, oh, yep, no, we got to uh, we got to raise uh, Milan Yurchina's <laughs> number to the Raptors because you know, Tavares is getting or right. something. Yeah, but yeah. like just to like really stick it to him, uh, but. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Both of those that, guys, I mean, that, yeah, uh, Gillies in particular, obviously, but yeah, so did Butchie. Like, they deserve to have their numbers retired. So right. you could, there's like a plausible deniability there. Like, no, of course we were going to retire his number. Just so happened it to be, you know, uh, immediately after a guy who was already wearing it disappeared <laughs> that we don't like anymore. Exactly. But anyway. Lovely. So, yeah. So, uh, so, yeah, this is, you know, it's funny that this happened so many years ago and yet, you know, people, I don't know, I don't know about kids. Like, I feel like they don't know about this or maybe their dad may have told them and 
as a as a dad myself, you know, you tell a kid one thing goes in one ear and out the other. But like this was a big deal, and this like hung around them for a long time. And I remember at the time, you know, as I was, I would have been in college at the time, and people being like, "Dude, what the hell's going on with this Mueller thing?" I'm like, man, I don't know. Just leave me alone. Let me, let me sit in my fisherman jersey. In the peace. fisherman jersey that they that chose Mueller to model at the press conference when they unveiled it, yeah. and all the press wanted to talk about was his contract situation. It was like it was like the worst yeah. rollout. Yeah. Oh man, awful. Yeah, and uh, another funny thing about like like we talk about the islanders being like a, a, they are a team of a community so like all this is it, it felt much more gossipy than than like yeah. straight news because it was like you're you're, you're basically talking shit about a, a person in your town or whatever like <laughs> you know kirk Waller, like can you believe he's doing this to the islanders and stuff so it was like and and also obviously in the 90s how do you get your news like you just have to wait for Newsday to come out the next day to be like, okay, like what, what what's going on with Kirk Muller? Like we'll wait to see what, you know, whoever was writing about the Islanders at that time for Newsday would write. Um, and, uh, or, you know, Stan Fischler or something. <laughs> yeah, it's no, definitely. Incredible. Yeah. It had, the, it had that air. I, 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 whatever reason, for whatever reason, I, that's how I remember Wendell Clark prim- primarily too, through like Newsday articles and like reading what he did the next day and stuff like that. But yeah. So it's, it's funny that this, uh, the, the aftershocks, you know, they're lighter than they used to be, but they're still there. So uh, let, let me wrap this up uh, with a final question for our special guest, Michael Paul Smith. This has been fantastic. I hope you've enjoyed yourself. You, if you were starstruck, we couldn't tell. Oh, thank you. That would be ridiculous. <laughs> Mike and I are nobody. So. <laughs> but I'm going to ask you this specific question that I came up with. You are an actor, writer, producer, director. If the Kirk Muller saga was to be made into some sort of production, movie, TV show, movie you know broadway musical whatever it be what would it be and who mm. would play kirk muller it's yeah big, i know it's a big question what's the guy that plays uh maybe like charlie day from always sunny or i would just just go the full comedy route with it that's 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 my yeah yeah that's Over my first yeah. uh that's my first impulse and uh yeah i would cool. i would probably call it uh fish sticks i would just highlight the absurdity of it yeah what about you? Right, do you guys right. have a do you guys have uh, a first choice? Who's the guy from from Billions? Not Paul Giamatti. Damian Lewis. Yeah, what, Damian yeah. Lewis. The yeah, that's his name. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Handsome. I, He's a handsome dude. Yes. You want to go with Tate Donovan? Oh, like, Tate Donovan's a good one. Yeah. He had, like, I feel like he's just like a less good looking <laughs> version of Kirk Muller. Yeah, he's he's also I think quite a bit taller than Kirk Muller. He always seemed struck me as like a big tall guy. Um, but yeah, for me, it would be Damien Lewis and, and, you know, he doesn't do like comedy, so it would be like incredibly dark. It would almost be like, like an HBO, like a Sopranos type of thing with him as Kirk Muller and, and everything was always like heavy and, you know, you'd have like Steve Van Zandt as, as, uh, uh Mike Milbury and it would be like, you know, we gotta get this guy out of here. Like that, you know? And it would be the cadre of the usual like HBO performers where they always show up in everything, but that, that's what I would do. Mike, what, what would you do? What would I call it? Oh man! Like I, I think I think I would go the yeah more of the uh, you know kind of uh, absurd always sunny route with uh, you know almost like almost like Seinfeld Seinfeldian where like the <laughs> um, the kind the episodes don't relate to each other at all like yeah. you know it's just like kind of stop start with a new one with yeah the, with just with Kirk Muller as as the centerpiece and uh, and you know Wendell Clark I mean it would be much more fun to cast Wendell Clark uh, oh know, yeah I, I would I would have a blast calling in people to, to, to do that. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Right. That would, that would, I mean, that's, that's also a very Charlie day type of uh, type of role right there. Wendell Clark, just like, <laughs> it's just like, you know, he's a quiet guy, but then he gets completely unhinged and he becomes like the Tasmanian <laughs> devil and he just starts like throwing hands. At people. Yeah. <laughs> but I could see that Mike, I could see a series of, of vignettes that just sort of form a tapestry. Yeah, that right. is the Islanders of the mid nineties. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Well, uh, it's funny that none of us went, stage route, which means that uh, John Tavares will still be the only Islander to have uh, seen uh, mm-hmm. an off-Broadway stage. So there you go. <laughs> I, could, I, could all, I could Now I'm just starting to picture, uh, you know, the parking garage sure. episode of Seinfeld? Yeah. I, I could just see it with Islander players in, in that era. Because uh, like Millberry being like, you guys got to drive to the game. It's in Jersey. We're not paying for a bus. <laughs> and then being trying to find parking Kirk, or something. Wendell! <laughs> and can't so, somebody buys something like something enormous like somebody, like a like a nintendo 64 or whatever and it's like oh, i can't carry it anymore i will right, well, put it down behind the car and then they can't find it and it's, it'd definitely be darius casper who's getting arrested for for public urination 
for, for urinating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the question. <sighs> that would definitely be it. Well, this is see where else are you going to get this kind of conversation, folks? There's no other pocket, hockey podcast out there, and definitely no other Islanders <laughs> podcast that will give you this this sort of uh, nuanced uh, comedy uh, that uh, you can only get from Weird Islanders podcast. But this has been great. Uh, Michael Paul Smith, please tell us what you got going on right now and oh, well, uh, where um, everybody can th- find you. Thank you. The the roles that Dan mentioned are very small. So just <laughs> just to be clear, uh, I'm not like starring in succession. I have a few lines of the season. Um, the the my role in <laughs> yeah, it's more lines it was than a I great have. day. That's but great. Um, yeah, the Maisel hasn't aired yet. So they actually might cut me out entirely possible. We'll have to see. And uh, but the, either way, you can find me on at MP Smith NYC on Twitter and Insta. And you could uh follow my silly sketch comedy podcast that I'm super proud of. Ted and Michael read sketches into microphones. That's everywhere you get your podcasts at tedandmichael.com and on Twitter at Ted and Michael. The podcast is extremely Thank funny. You. I listen to it's a whole bunch of It's not safe for work, but I don't week. think it's mean-spirited. That's our goal anyway. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. It's definitely not <laughs> not safe for work. Uh, but uh, the the bit, the, the couple of bits just were so funny. The, the uh, I told you about the, there's a Super Smash Brothers bit where like you're unlocking other characters from Super Smash Brothers, and like one of them is like Ringo Starr, and the other one is yeah. like John Mulaney. Yeah, Ted, <laughs> Ted's brother Mike is like an impressionist. He's also like he's been on like Vice Principals on HBO and AP Bio. He's like a super busy actor as wow. well. And he, we were just like, how can we just utilize all of these impressions? And that's what we came up with. So we're you have this recurring sketch where we're unlocking celebrity Smash Brothers characters. <laughs> Thank you. It's really funny. And then. Uh, you guys did the noir episode too, which I mean, like literally <laughs> laughing out loud. You, like, you know, I love that sort of forties dialogue and for it to be like, just layered on like that, like just like slathered on. And it's just like every other word, it's just kind of crazy thing that you'd never hear anybody say anymore. Yeah. Come on, thank you. Sweet. Yes. You know, I was Bogart. My wife, Jillian yeah. basically played like a Barbara Stanwyck version of herself. Yeah. It was a yeah. good time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's It's great. Definitely check it out. And, and they're all, they're all about, you know, 20 minutes or a half hour or so. So, you know, if you're at work or you're, you know, grabbing lunch or something like that, you want something <laughs> quick to listen to, you can check it out. Um, Mike, uh, we're, we'll do another Weird Islanders later on this week. You can but, find uh, Mike on Twitter at again? the Big Lebowski with two E's. <laughs> I've always wanted to say that. Like how, Kevin, like how Kevin James went on <laughs> the Mets go. broadcast and he wanted to read the disclaimer about like you can't retransmit this. I just wanted to say Mike Leboff's <laughs> Twitter handle. That's it. There you go. There you go. No problem. Well, I figured if, if I was terrible at talking about the Islanders, we could just quote Lebowski and Seinfeld. That was my that was my backup. This <laughs> has been absolutely not terrible. This has been outstanding and hilarious. And uh, we guys. really appreciate you coming on. We really appreciate everybody listening. And uh, it's up in the air about whether or not we'll do a Weird Islanders next week. But if not, we'll definitely be back the week after. The Islanders schedule is all, all over the place. Uh, Mike's schedule is all over the place <laughs> and uh, you know, we'll, uh, we'll get back to it eventually. Uh, don't, but don't worry, but we might take next week off, but we'll see. Uh, but these are so much fun that I wouldn't be surprised if we squeezed another one in. Uh, but thanks very much for listening. Check out lighthouse hockey, read lighthouse hockey every single day. Check out that way. Check out vintage Check out the Pinot project. You, you guys know all this stuff. And, uh, and I'm, I'm going to come up with a new catchphrase because I completely inadvertently stole Michael and Ted's catchphrase. I did not know that you guys did. We didn't like. We didn't like copyright it or anything. I'd be happy to happy to share it with you. (laughs) All right. Well, in that case, this one time, I will say (laughs) once again, please stay weird out there. But uh, maybe we'll come up with something else. But it's too good. It's it's a fun line, and and it's true. (laughs) Stay weird, everybody out there. Stay weird. All right. We'll talk to you again later. Thanks a lot. Bye bye.